0: Lisa and Bree. I am so glad that you are here tonight. We have a very, very exciting show. Uh, today it's Wednesday, April 10th, and we are calling in the middle of the night, and I am here in Milwaukee. It's been very, very cold and gloomy, but we've got a fantastic talk for you guys tonight. This telewrap is one that uh, Brie and I have been getting pretty amped up about for a couple different reasons. One, it's a hot topic, and two, we've got a very, very hot guest tonight. So it's going to be a sizzling show. Our show is called Expose Yourself. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Teresa Reed, and I'm known as the Tarot Lady. Uh, you can find my website at com So anyhow, Uh, Yeah, this is this is a big, big hot topic in my opinion. We are going to be talking about visibility for your business. Now, I just want to say real quickly, this isn't just for this topic isn't just hot for metaphysical businesses. I think a lot of entrepreneurs uh, struggle with the idea of how visible should we be, how much should we be out there. But I, I have noticed, especially for people who do tend to be in more of a shall we say, a woo-woo-oriented career, uh, I think a lot of us, for various reasons, tend to shy away from any sort of marketing, any sort of exposure. Uh, in fact, uh, I, I want to bring on my co-host, Bree, because, Bree, you have a great, great story to illustrate that. Hey, Bree, are you there?
1: I am here. I am hey. totally here. Yes, Tell I, I do story. have a really good story about this. Um so I am Bree Saucy, and you can find me at www.milagroroots.com. And yeah, you know, this is a really, it, this is a very, very hot topic, and it's a, it's a really big deal how we, how we talk about ourselves and how we let our light shine out into the world. And for me, this was really driven home about four years ago when a reporter from the Wall Street Journal contacted me and wanted to do an article on metaphysical businesses and specifically businesses like mine that um, had an element of ritual work in them. And he interviewed me a couple of times and I, you know, I enjoyed the interview process a lot. He was taking a really good angle with the story. The story did publish in the Wall Street Journal, um, you know, a couple months after we talked. But, when it came down to it, and he wanted to list me as a source i I did not agree. I was not at a place where I was ready to expose myself my My website wasn't in a place where I was really comfortable with just getting a ton of traffic generated by the story and and you know, and I also wasn't as clear on my mission and who I was serving and what I was doing and so that, for me, was a real turning point. In my business, because I realized you know this is this is the first instance of this happening, but it's going to keep happening, and it definitely has and and you know I needed to make a decision: was I going to remain in the shadows, kind of hidden, kind of not talking about what I did or talking about it in a really general way, or was I going to come out and really own it and be proud of it and uh and you know be very clear in what I was doing, why I was doing it, and who I was serving. And so it, for me, it was a really catalytic event because it, you know, it, it really got me to get serious about the business aspect of my work and, you know, how I wanted to share my light with the world. And, you know, we're so lucky tonight because Teresa and I have one of our most favorite people um, as as a guest on the show tonight, Fabeku, and i think that when i think of people shining their light um and doing what they do with just impeccability and integrity and absolute authenticity even though that word is like crazily overused i automatically think of him like each and every time don't you teresa
0: oh my god yes you know there's there's a lot of people out there who um who give people, you know, uh, the support that Fabeku does, but they don't do it in his way. You know, a lot of times when you see people who are doing things like coaching or business or helping creatives or anything like that, a lot of times they kind of stick to a, a in my opinion, a very kind of a standard personality. And as yeah. thing about Fabeku is he's got this crazy orange website He wears bright red shoes. He listens to the Ramones and channels them. It's like, come on, who is this guy? You know, the first time you ever about him, it's like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, Fabeku, we are so excited. Let's bring you on. Are you here, Fabeku?
2: I am here, and thank you for what a lovely intro. Wow.
0: Well, we are excited to have you here. And um, for people who are listening, live or on the recording, if you want to find Fabeku, he's very easy to find. You go to his site. It's Fabeku.com. Let me spell that for you, too. It's F-A-B-E-K-U, Fabeku.com. So, Fabeku, thank you so much. We're so excited, and... um, uh, we've got a lot of really good questions for you. Uh, the one thing I wanted to say real quick, I think a lot of us can say it's very challenging to put ourselves out there, uh, especially when you work again in an industry like Bree and I do. Uh, because you know, it's, it's a risk to work in a woo-woo job, and considering that our ancestors used to get burned at the stake, you know, it's, it's not a wonder that we get the heebie-jeebies when it comes to marketing our businesses and attaching our faces to this sort of work. So my question to start this off for you, Fabeku, is how do we play a bigger game when we have so much stigma attached to, like, astrology and tarot and all that stuff? What do you say?
2: Yeah, so, you know, I think the first thing that I would say is that um, – and and – So I'll start off by saying, I think the reason that this call is so important is because fundamentally, the reason that I see businesses fail almost always comes back to marketing and all of the stuff that people have around it, right? Because a lot of people really struggle with marketing. It's a big thing. People get in their shit in two seconds about it. Um, Yeah, and there's just all kinds of stuff. I'll say... The first thing is, you know, people are always, you know, buying marketing books and signing up for programs and, you know, trying to figure out what the secret is. It starts with just on an energetic level, the willingness to be seen, right? Because, you know, yeah. you can, you can, you can concoct the best marketing blueprint ever. And if your energy is screwy and you don't actually want to be seen, none of it matters, right, because there's these, there's this, like, conflicting signal thing that happens. People market, but there's this underlying energy of, holy shit, do I really want to be visible? So you're sending out these signals that, at best, cancel each other out, and if, at worst, just do really weird uh, shit uh, in terms of the way it's received by your audience. So um, I think the first question to start with when it comes to marketing is, uh, do I want to be seen? You know, and I think we have to answer that really honestly and not bullshit ourselves about it. And yeah. you know, if there's if there's stuff around that, then you know, I think um, I think some of it has to do. I think some of it we resolve by uh, maybe changing our definition of what marketing means, dropping some of the stories around it, uh, realizing that we can market stuff in a way that that works and feels good and doesn't leave us feeling gross and still make money. Uh, But I think at the end of the day, it starts with a willingness to be seen. And if, you know, if there's stuff around it, whether it's personal stuff or ancestral stuff that comes up because of, you know, all of the shit, whatever it is, um, you know, I think one of those – so I I talk a lot about bigness, right? And, you know, for me, when I talk about bigness, I mean just the bigger, deeper – wiser part of who you are. Some people look at that as soul or spirit or higher self. I don't really give a shit. It doesn't matter to me. I don't really care the model that you use. But it's important to get that there's bigness inside of you, right? And that part of you is bigger and deeper than all of the crap that you have about marketing. And so to me, mission critical step one is do I want to be seen? And if I've got stuff around it, Figure out how to plug into your bigness. Do whatever it is that plugs you into that rooted part of yourself so that you can move past the crap and transmit what you need to transmit in a way that's effective. Yes.
1: I am just like – I am your choir, and you are my preacher.
3: <laughs>
1: that was that. I think that that. I think that that's so important on so many levels, and you know that really with my experience with the Wall Street Journal, um, and it's funny because I still have a relationship with a reporter. Um, you know that was that was the major thing was really getting down to, was I ready to be seen? Was I was I ready to really go out and let myself be seen? And and there was a lot of stuff partly because of what you said, Teresa, of you know our our business especially there's such a stigma attached to it. And uh it can be dangerous sometimes, you know, to to expose yourself as a to road reader, as an intuitive, as a ritualist. You know, um it's it in the past it hasn't always been safe. Thankfully we're now in a time when it really is and uh we've talked about this on the show before, but you know, we're we're coming and I think we we both feel like we're coming into a time where it's becoming really essential for those people to let themselves
3: be seen.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I agree totally with that, and I also think that the more the more you transmit what you do from that place of bigness, uh, the less static and bullshit you get in response to the transmission, right? Yeah. Because there's there's a there's a there's a difference in frequency that happens when you transmit from your bigness so different people hear it and different so people at a different frequency hear it and they respond differently you know because really i mean if you look at what i do there's a lot of uh not usual elements to what i do i mean i bang drums i play with cymbals i bring 20 plus years of uh, shamanic history to the business work that I do. And so it, it's easy for somebody to look at it and say, that's batshit crazy, right?
3: <laughs> but, you know, yeah. the reality
2: of it is I get almost none of that. I mean, virtually no weirdness and static and pushback from people. And I think part of that is a reflection of uh, where we are collectively. Part of it is a reflection of just what's going on in the business community. And part of it is also a, a reflection of where I'm at within myself relative to my work and how I feel about it and how I transmit it into the world.
0: I love that. Love yeah. it. <laughs> so you know you know Fabeku, what I what I really enjoy is that uh, you know, you're not afraid to like toss an F bomb or to make a video uh dancing along to Lady Gaga with a boa on and I just was like, wow, now that's awesome. Uh I mean it's obviously it's obvious to me that you have no problem being you so my question is you know some people we all uh, some people don't like to admit their their quotes i think and we're afraid that we're not going to be seen as professional i'm using little quotation hand marks um so my question is how much of yourself do you think people should be so you know for example do you think we should tone down our language i actually got into a discussion with some fellow uh, metaphysical peeps that think if you say the F word in your business, you don't sound professional and you sound food and uneducated. So I want to know uh, how much of yourself should be. Can we say the F word? Uh, Should you, if that's the way you talk in real life, should you do it? What are your thoughts on that too?
2: Yeah. So, you know, if, if you've spent more than about three seconds with me, chances are you've heard me say fuck about a (laughs) hundred times. I swear almost perpetually, and it's almost always the F word. I mean, that's it's just, that's kind of my default uh, swear word. And, uh, you know, I, I had people tell me, you know, when I was putting my stuff together and, and getting ready to put it out, they said, you know, you can't talk about the shamanism thing. You can't talk about the punk rock thing. You can't say fuck. You can't, I mean, it was this long list of things that I couldn't do, and it all came with the the tag of if you do this, no one will ever give you money, no one will ever take you seriously, mm. blah, blah, blah. And I will tell you categorically that is all bullshit. Not one not one of those things has ever been the case. And yeah. I think here's what's important to understand, right? There are things that are part of who you are and the way you show up that are magnetic to the right people, right? There are things that that people will see the transmission of that and it will be an immediate hell yes for them, and it will pull them toward you like a magnet. Now, everybody really digs that idea, right? Hey, pulling people toward me, magnet, yay. But here's the flip side to that. There are also things that will be repulsive to the wrong people. So it's like there's a magnet that draws people in, and then there's ejection seats that when people see you do it, they will press the button and say, fuck no, and shoot out of your orbit as quickly as possible. So people love the magnets, they get a little squirrely about the ejection seat, but here's the thing, they're almost always the exact same thing. So you can't transmit the magnetic stuff and expect to draw those people in without also uh, equally transmitting uh, the the signal that filters people out, right? There are people who look at what I do and say, you bang a drum as part of business consulting, fuck you. And there are people who look at it and say, this is the best shit I have ever seen. How do I give you money? It's the exact same thing. It's just an issue of right people versus wrong people. And when I'm talking about that, I don't mean right as in good or bad. It just mean right in terms of fit. So, you know, I think that, you know, if you swear in real life, swear in your business. I mean, there's no reason to manufacture something that you don't do. But if you do it, there's no reason to turn the volume down because, You know, like, one of the things, you know, I I did this with you guys when you wrote me and asked if I wanted to do this. Now, every interview request I get, I say, sure, as long as you're okay with the fact that I will probably say fuck a hundred times in the course of 60 minutes. If you're cool with that, I'm down to get on the phone, you know. Um, Yeah. Because I just, you know, I'm not, I just, I won't turn that down at this point. And are there people who don't like it? Absolutely. They're also not the right people for me. And so... I'm not only at peace with filtering them out. I'm I'm delighted to filter them out because in the process of filtering them out, they can find somebody that's a better fit for them, and I can spend my time doing work with people who are a hell yeah for who I am and what I do. And for me, that's critical, absolutely critical.
1: So I just want to I want to accentuate something that you just said because I think it's so important, which is, you know, it it sounded to me like plugging into part of what plugging into your bigness is really about is recognizing not just who the right people are, but also recognizing that there are going to be wrong people for you and being okay with that, you know, and not trying to be everything to everyone. Right.
2: You have to. You absolutely have to. And I think it's important to realize the shit that people have around that, right? Because, you know, I think we all carry stuff around being accepted and rejected and all of that. And, you know, I've got a big story about, about being rejected and all of this shit. And so the idea of there being wrong people at some point was terrifying to me until I realized I can't transmit who I am and what I do to the right people if I also don't clear those people out. So, yeah. you know, if, if, if you get in your shit and try to figure out, you know, cause like most marketing says, you know, how, how do you, how do you transmit your stuff in a way that appeals to the largest number of people? I think that's the biggest fucking mistake you can ever do in your marketing ever, hands down. To me, mm-hmm. that, that equates to beige, right? How do I turn my message into a beige wall that doesn't offend anybody? And the problem with that is, is in the process of not offending people, you're also not attracting anybody. So you absolutely, absolutely, you have to make peace with the fact that there are people who are a great fit and not a great fit, and you have to be just as willing to filter those people out as you do to draw the right people in. And I'll tell you a really simple example of this. If you go look at most of the sales pages on my site, specifically I think the one that's up there for the teletastics now, on all of the new sales pages, I say, you'll love this if, and you'll hate this if. And I list three or four bullet points under each one because I want to make it really clear whether you are in the right place and this is the right thing for you.
0: Love that. Love that. It's like you're really being clear about who you are, uh, what you stand for, you know, what your message is. And that is uh, giving people right up front exactly what you're all about. It's like there's no smoke and mirrors, which, which you know, brings me to another point for Beku. Uh, I think a lot of people, you know, sometimes are afraid of putting their real selves out there, not just for rejection, but they're afraid, um, you know, of maybe being judged, um, or of being maybe attacked online. So sometimes they use like stage names or, or fake photos, you know, uh, what do you think about that? I, I mean, I understand that fear, but do you think using a stage name and putting like a, uh, maybe a symbol instead of your picture is a wise idea? Do you think people go for that?
2: Well, I mean, I think um, I think just in terms of basic marketing, it's a bad idea. You know, I mean, it doesn't, um, you know, because most people, when they land on your site, when they land on your homepage, they scan your homepage for about three seconds, and then they look over to the right side of your page, and they're looking for a photo of you. It's just it's just this kind of gut-level thing that happens. And and whether your photo is on the right side or not doesn't really matter so much. But if people can't find a photo of you fairly quickly, um, a lot of them will just fuck off and go watch cat videos on YouTube or something, right? Because, you know, the reason it <laughs> matters is they, you know, not that I know anything about cat videos, but, you know, the reason it matters is that they're looking for some connection with you. And if, if you have a, a symbol or, you know, an illustration or whatever – you know, where's, where's the connection? And the other thing that I'll say, beyond just the fact that I think just in terms of marketing, it's a bad idea, if you have that level of stuff going on about transmitting, I promise you, you're transmitting that stuff through your marketing, and people are picking up on it energetically and intuitively, uh regardless of whether they get it cognitively, and that, frankly, is going to wonk things up way more than whether you have a picture there or not. Because it, people people – intuitively get the energy behind your marketing and if that's what's going on for you, um, I'd get it. And I would also say you really, really should find a way to resolve that. Because I promise you it's transmitting in a way that's landing weird with people. hmm
1: Yeah. So what do you I I think I think that, that I think that I'm just again totally right on. What do you when you talk to people they who and do, or do you ever get this? Do you ever get, like, the whole, well, I'm shy? You know, like, I want to do this. I really feel called to do this, but I'm, I'm shy. I'm, you know, I'm not sure about, you know, I'm not sure, like, how much I do want to be seen.
2: Yeah, okay, so, so I get that a lot. Um, you know, I work with a lot of creative people, and I think there are a lot of, Um, introverted, sensitive folks uh, in that crowd. And so I get that a lot. And the one thing that I will say, and I'm just going to give it to you straight talk because I think it's important to hear it this way, um, you will either have to resolve that or make a decision to go work for somebody else because you cannot hold back in the transmission of what you do and expect to build a successful business. It will not happen. Now, to be clear, I'm not saying that you can't be an introvert. I'm not saying you have to be loud and over-the-top and charismatic. It's not about any of that. It's not about how loud or boisterously you show up. It's about your willingness to transmit and to do it in a clear and consistent way. It's not about the volume. But if you can't resolve that and if you can't get to the place where you're willing to continue to transmit clearly and consistently – the reality is you will have a hell of a time building and sustaining a business that will actually sustain you in a full-time way.
1: Yeah,
0: that is so true. And, you know, I am an introvert, which people are are a lot of times shocked to find out. I'm an absolute person who thrives on quiet. Um, uh, so for when I first started marketing, it was frightening to be out there because I thought, oh, my God, I'm introverted and I'm weird. <laughs> I'm going to come mm-hmm. out there and <laughs> I'm going to come out there with my, you know, Rick Ross fascination, and people are going to think, what the heck is this chick on? Um, you know, is there ever such a thing? uh, uh By the way, I got over it for Baku, so <laughs> thank God I did. But <laughs> is there ever such a thing as being like, too far out, uh, too freaky? How freaky is too freaky?
2: Yeah, you know, so I think, I think that that, you know, the best way that I think we can gauge that is, you know, because I, in this whole discussion about authenticity and transparency, which, you know, makes me just, you know, want to gouge my eyes out at this point because that's just yeah. become such a bullshit word. But um, I think somehow in that discussion people have confused authenticity for nakedness. And mm-hmm. I think they're two really different things right? Um, because also, despite despite the way I, I, most people guess, I'm actually an introvert myself. I love private time. I love quiet time. I love people, and I need to not be around people a lot of the time as well. Um, and I'm also a really private person by nature. Right. And so for me, I had to figure out what are, what are the boundaries between what I'm willing to show up and talk about publicly and what parts of my life just remain private, you know, out of necessity or, or need or whatever. Um, and i think that you know being authentic doesn't mean standing there naked with with every last facet of your life being transmitted to the internet i mean i don't i don't get that i don't think it's necessary i don't think it's smart i don't think it really serves anybody and so you know i think i think that the gauge for that is to be really clear on your why behind what you're transmitting and asking yourself how does this serve the work how does this serve the audience? How does this serve, you know, who I am and, and what I bring to the world, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I think sometimes sometimes people can get into this kind of virtual exhibitionist thing that um, I think is a little weird. And, and I don't even think it's about how freaky or how far out people are getting. I think the energy behind it is weird because it feels like they have no boundaries. And suddenly every fucking facet of their life is being transmitted on Facebook or Twitter on their blog. And it just it it feels odd. I mean, you can feel the energy around it that there's no container. And I don't think that anybody benefits from stepping into a place that has no boundaries. I think that's a really bad, weird, energetically unhelpful thing.
1: So how do you find a yeah, balance between? I, and it, it feels kind of like desperate to me sometimes too. Like you know, I'm yelling, "Pay attention to me! Pay attention to me!" In a way that, as a you know, as a consumer, like if I'm looking to buy something or to have a relationship with this person, it makes me feel like you know can I trust them? Like, I don't, you know, there's a trust issue around that for me when I'm on the receiving end of that, too.
2: Yeah, and I, and you know, and I think that that trust comes up because you sense that there's, there are no walls, and not no walls in a helpful, transparent, get-to-know-me kind of way, but Like, there is nothing holding this together, and this whole thing could just fucking unravel at any moment, right? Exactly, yeah. And 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 I could end up being, like, the next
1: story on their Facebook page.
0: (laughs)
2: Right, exactly. Yeah, no, completely, completely.
0: So how do you find the balance then between being seen but also keeping a boundary? How do you do it for Beku?
2: Yeah, you know, so I think for me, you know, I just had to run through the things that, that I was willing to talk about and not willing to talk about. And my basic position on it is, you know, if I'm willing to talk about it, I'll have a full on, down to the roots, uh, totally exposed discussion about it. And if I'm not willing to talk about it, I won't have any discussion about it. Like it, and, and, I, and I'm not, I'm not suggesting that that's the way everybody go about it, but for me, it is a pretty black and white thing. You know, if I'll talk about it, I'll talk about it. And if I won't, I won't. And for me, you know, a lot of it was just based on, Um, You know, what part of my life feels private and needs to be private? You know, like, for example, uh, you know, I I never really talk about my wife online. I just – that's a personal, private thing for me. I don't discuss it. I don't answer questions about it. And the interesting thing is people get that there's an energetic boundary there, so people virtually never ask me questions about it. It just doesn't come up because I'm clear in myself that that's just kind of an off-topic kind of thing. You know, so I think that, you know, yeah, yeah, I mean, you have to figure out what you're willing to talk about and you also have to be clear on how what you're talking about serves the work. You know, as so as an example, yeah. you know, I, I just I just recently talked about um so I'm adopted, right? And so I had this whole story for years about being rejected and unwanted and not enough, and that had a very direct, tangible impact on my business and on my marketing and on my ability to make money and all of that. And for a long time, I really thought I will never discuss this publicly. It just felt too painful and too personal and all of that. And at some point, I realized that People with similar stories, not about being adopted, but about being rejected and not enough and all of that, how, how that was affecting their marketing and their business. So there was a clear why behind me discussing that in a very public way um, because I wanted people to see that, you know, you can come from this place and you can carry this shit and it can be really painful and you can also get over it and transmit your shit and have a very successful business. So for me, the decision around that came because there was this straight line connection between discussing this thing that is at once very private and very personal, but also plugs into a more universal experience that I know a lot of people in my audience could could really relate to and benefit from. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Yes. I love it. I love it.
3: So let me ask you this,
0: Bobeku. How can you show up and be yourself in, you know, and I'm going to use our metaphysical industry here, if you're living in, let's say, a small town or the Bible Belt and they frown, some, some places they frown on this type of work. They frown on anything that is different or freaky or out of the ordinary. How can you really show up and be you and bring this out there if you risk being ostracized where you live?
2: yeah so you know i think I think there are there are a couple of levels around this, and I think for me, it starts with the energy you know i and I think the cool thing is that I think this crowd will get this probably more than a lot of other crowds that I talk to about this because the energy around your shit affects your shit like that there's just you know clearly, and so I think the first thing that you have to do i I think that there's a fine line between. Recognizing circumstances and feeding them and amping them up and pumping a lot of energy into them, right? So I, I think it's I think it's unwise to continue to reinforce the energy of oh my God what could happen if my neighbor finds out that I'm doing this? Like I just I think that just on an energetic level that doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm not saying ignore reality because that's stupid. Like I'm the last person to ever say ignore reality, but I think that we have to be careful not to feed energy into things that are not so helpful. And I think that every community has has stories that that it collectively holds and that it passes on to people in the community. And I think that we have to be clear about what we're doing with those stories, right, because I think the more we feed energy into that, it's just probably not so helpful. So, one, I think energy management is an important thing. Two, I think the other really cool thing, you know, given kind of the, the state of things and where we are, um, you know, and I, I have, I've worked with a few clients that have very metaphysically oriented businesses who are just not really comfortable uh, with the local scene, and I think the cool thing is now it's easier than ever to work with people all over the world. So I think, first of all, just realize that you actually don't have to work with your next door neighbor, um, and so theoretically it's possible to have a really successful business that's not based on local clientele. Um, and it's interesting. I mean, that sounds kind of obvious, but I'm always surprised how, how often people don't actually think about that, right? Like it, it sounds like an obvious thing, but, um, I don't know that it always is. So I think that, you know, look, look at other options if that, because again, like you have to be able to show up and transmit, right? So if, if there's conflicting signals about, you know, shit, I want to do this work, but I'm afraid other people are going to find out, you're going to spend all of your energy battling that. And, if, if working with people in a non-local way frees up some of the angst and anxiety around it, then fuck, do it. Just do it, you know, because the amount of energy that it would take to build up non-local clientele is probably a lot less than it would take to sit and stew in your shit in circles forever about these conflicted energy, you know. So I think at, at some point it's like, you know, do what serves the work.
1: I love, I love that, and, you know, I think I like how it all goes back to plugging into your bigness and plugging into your greatness. Um, you know, my little boy goes to, a, uh, he, he goes to a day school two days a week, and it's run by my local Presbyterian church, and they're having a silent auction. And so they were like, well, can you donate anything? Like, do you have a service that you can donate? And I was like, well, I'm a tarot reader and an intuitive, so I was like, if you guys want me to donate a session, I'm happy to. And I was really interested to see what the response would be, and they were delighted. Mm. There's also, you know, and I think it's it's because, first of all, it's because I have a relationship with them, but it's also because my language and the way that I hold this, it's very ecumenical, it's very interfaith, interspiritual. So, you know, I'm like, as far as spiritual paths go, come one, come all. You know, there's no wrong or right way
2: to approach this kind of work, so, well, and you, you know, it's, and, yeah. And, you know, what I would say to that, I had an experience years ago that I'll just share briefly because I think it's really relevant, and this goes back to the story thing, right, because I think that when we get into these stories and we assume that we know how people are going to react, we either pull back in response or we get defensive. And a lot of times it really is just a story because maybe four or five years ago, I had a really big story that what I do is weird and people are not going to get it or only a certain tiny portion of people were going to get it. And number one, that showed up in my business in all kinds of ways. It was so unhelpful and so shitty that it, you know, it's not even worth getting into for the sake of time. But, and I, I, so I was having a conversation in, in, a, in an online forum, and there was a lady on the forum who said to me, Listen, I come from a totally different background from you. Um, I'm about as regular as it gets in terms of my spiritual practice. I don't think what you're doing is weird. Stop saying it's fucking weird, right? And what I realized was like, holy shit, this is my story. This does not reflect reality. This reflects my story. And it reflected the reality that I'd experienced until that time. But the mistake was trying to carry that forward in my work because it just wasn't accurate. It just wasn't accurate. I had in my mind how everybody was going to react, and somebody who I was sure would never have gotten it said, I got it, drop the bullshit.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: She saw you as you were. Yeah, and it was huge. I will tell you, that moment changed the course of my business. If I had not had that experience, um, the face of what I'm doing, I guarantee you, would look very different than what it does now. And the state of my business in terms of bottom line and all of that would be a very different reality than what I'm, what I'm experiencing now, for sure.
0: Well, I'm glad you had that experience because the way you do business is really, it, it's so awesome, it's so unique. Um, I I just have to commend you. You stand out in a sea of people who are doing what you're doing. You really stand out as offering something that's, very unique and it packs a punch and i love Thank it you. i think it's great Thank you. um that gives me uh another thought Bill though, for Beku. you know uh you're online i'm online Bree's online and you've got this great presence online i mean i go to your site it's it, the colors your words your picture all of it it's like yes i love the way your site looks i love everything about your site. I love the idea of the red shoes. I love the, the Tiki Tet. I mean, everything here is really, it, it's very different. Um, I know that some people get afraid of going online because, and being themselves out there, because they get afraid of dealing with, like, online trolls. And they're afraid of being attacked online or, or cyberbullying, uh, even, even for business. Uh, how would you deal, what would you recommend for that people do to deal with that if they become like attack, like maybe somebody goes to their blog and attacks them or how do you think we can A, get over that and B, deal with that should that become a situation that someone doesn't like what we're doing and they feel they got attacked?
2: attack? Yes, yeah, so I think a few things. One, again, it starts with the energy management piece. Plug into your bigness before you transmit anything that you do and it will transmit in a different way and it will land with a different crowd. That's step one. Two, I think that uh you should be prepared for – there will be people who do not like what you do. That doesn't mean they're going to bully you or show up and act like an asshole on your blog. But there will be people who don't like what you do. There might be people who actively don't like what you do. So I think that, that that's just – that's a reality of transmitting who you are in a way that's magnetic. And that ultimately just straight talk, you have to get over that. You just have to get over that. It's that simple. What I will say is if people cross the line and act like assholes, I think it's really simple how to deal with it. Um, First of all, if they show up on your blog, you delete their shit. It's really easy. Somebody would not walk into my living room and act like an asshole without being shown the door in about three seconds. So you don't get to come into my digital space and act like a dick. Or I'm going to delete your stuff. It's really simple. And it's, again, I mean, this is obvious, but it's not about disagreeing with me. I'm totally down with different opinions. It's about being a dick. And I think, you know, we're all adults. We know what being a dick means. So, you know, you don't, you don't get to come on my side and act like a dick. It's really simple. Um, and I also think just in some ways it goes back to the energy thing. I don't, I don't respond to crappy, crappy stuff from people. I just don't do it because if you entertain it, you feed it and it gets bigger and then, you know, they get they get stoked because they've got energy, I just ignore it. I mean, I really um, – it sounds simple, but I think it is simple. You just don't feed the assholes. It really is that that easy. <laughs>
3: yeah. um,
2: you know, I don't I, – I just don't engage in the discussion. Um, and, and again, I think when, when we're clear about this stuff in ourselves, this stuff doesn't happen nearly as much as we think it will. I I spent a long time thinking I was going to get decimated uh, for, for transmitting who I am, and honestly, it's never happened. And I'm fully aware there are people who love what I do, and there are people who hate what I do. I'm not acting like everybody loves me. There are people who think I'm, I'm ridiculous, and that's completely okay with me. I just don't engage with those folks. I really am completely at peace with the fact that, you know, they don't dig what I do, and and I don't make that my problem. You know, I I, just, I don't get in and respond to it or, or roll around with it. It's, it's pretty simple. Brilliant.
0: So we um, we're getting near the. We got a, a little bit of time left. I'd like to take on some callers and see if anybody has some questions. Uh, because I don't want to just hog you up here for VCU. I, I want to see if our listeners we could all
1: night long. We
0: could. Uh, so if anybody would like to ask Fabeku a question about visibility for your business, putting yourself out there, uh, please hit star 2 to raise your hand, uh, star 2, and we will bring you on and you can ask your question. Okay, I have somebody I have calling in from Miami, Florida. Hello?
3: Hi, Hi this is Zuri. Hi, Zuri. Welcome. Howdy. Hi guys. I had a question okay. about um visibility for social media. Like how to better use that to I guess uh, get your message out there and build a bigger platform.
2: Yeah, so um you know, social media has has played a, a really big part in my business. Um and I think it it's played a very direct role in its success. And I'll tell you, um there was a couple of years ago I made some kind of I don't know, like top 50 people you should know or some, some, some bullshit list online. But anyway, the point was it was about something about my social media strategy. And I had to – I mean, I was flattered, but I had to laugh because I really have no social media strategy. Um, I think what happens with social media where it goes sideways for people, people pretend like social media is different than real life. And so they show up in ways that they would never show up in real life. And I think that that's the weirdest thing, right? People either either they don't show up as who they are, they, they don't have conversations with people, or they feel like everything has to have a point or has to be marketing, right? Like, you know, everybody says, oh, you know, every, you know, that, that there should be a clear marketing reason behind every tweet. Well, who the fuck, like, who the fuck is going to do that? You know, who, who has time to do that? <laughs> it, like, it's so weird. You know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, I don't know. And I, I think the problem with that idea is that, it leads people into very artificial transmissions through social media. The reason social media has worked so well for me is because I show up, I have conversations, and I'm the same online as I am offline. And I think that as simple and kind of like, duh, thanks for the advice, asshole, as that sounds, it really it really is kind of that simple. And I think most of the time the reason that social media doesn't work for people is they're just they're holding back where they feel like they always have to be marketing something or just show up, have conversations with people, you know, it's, it's a really, and I think the interesting thing is people say, well, like, again, going back to the introvert thing, but I'm introverted. Listen, social media is your best fucking friend if you're an introvert, right? You can get on Twitter for five minutes and then go hide if you have to. Totally fine. That's way better than being stuck in a room networking with people for four hours and you know, wanting to like poke your eyes out by the time you're done. So, uh, really, like, the best advice I can give you is don't treat it any different in real life. Show up in the same way as you would if you were sitting at a table having conversations with these people. And and also, don't be afraid to talk about what you're doing, you know. And it doesn't have to be from this marketing thing. Like, it's not like, have I got a deal for you? I mean, because that's <laughs> weird. But if, I mean, you're doing what you're doing because you're passionate about it. Let it show. Don't be afraid to gush about the work that you do. I love the shit out of what I do. And I'm not afraid to transmit that. I'm not afraid to transmit that. And I think that there's something about that that's, that's magnetic to people. Because anytime you see somebody that's just in that kind of stoked, passionate, excited about what they're doing place, you know, you want to go to their site and see what it is. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of my rambling all over the place answer, but uh, I hope there's something useful there.
1: And so, so true, I can testify to that because one of my favorite things about, about you, so they, are your Facebook posts, like, what's going on with your morning. You know, you give yeah. us your morning update, what you've been up to, and then you ask everybody else. That was one of the first encounters that I had with you online, and I was like, I love this guy.
3: He's so awesome. Yeah, thank And thanks. I wanted you. to get into your world.
2: <laughs> thank
3: you. We also recommend, like, um, if you're taking classes or any kind of um, – stuff not necessarily always related to your work to also kind of mention that so you're not only promoting what you're doing like you know outside of work but you're also promoting other people so you kind of bring it full circle
2: yeah listen i i mean i'm i very actively promote other people's stuff that i dig i think that that's Because I think that it's such a cool way to support other people. And at the end of the day, if you're only tweeting about your shit or posting links to your shit, everybody's going to get tired of that. Everybody's going to get super tired of it. And I think that, you know, I think that that's one of the reasons why Twitter has gotten so weird over the last couple of years is some, you know, some social media experts told everybody basically just to get on Twitter and scream links out all fucking day. And – you know suddenly it turned this useful tool for conversation into just a room full of people with megaphones screaming by my shit, so you know that's super annoying and uh yeah, I mean I think I think it's great to give shout outs to people whose work you did for sure.
3: Awesome, that's really helpful. Thank you so much.
2: right on, yeah, thanks for the question.
3: Great questions.
0: We've got another hand in the air, and this is coming to us all the way from New York. There's no name though, so New York, New York. Raise your hand and introduce yourself, and lay your question on sobeku.
3: I think that's me. hello. So con- Hi, I think that's me. Hi, I'm Kebby. I am an I'm an artist um, who is trying to put together a website. And a brand, I guess. And a brand would be, my brand would be myself, because I am the one that paints all of my art. I'm the one that builds all of my art. I start my ship from the ground up. Um, and I don't know if there's really a question for Febeku or I could just get some dust sprinkled on me, or, you know, <laughs> a new rap or something, or a little drum solo would even be fine.
2: Dust has officially been sprinkled. How about that?
3: (laughs) I just need someone to tell me to pick my shit up, get started, and stop being scared.
2: Pick your shit up, get started, and stop being scared. So why do
3: I have to do what you told me to do? (laughs) And now it's an argument. How do I make myself believe what I have to make everyone else believe, because if I don't believe it first, they're not going to believe it from me.
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, this this goes back to the bigness thing. Plug into that bigger part of who you are that fuels your work, because when you do, you get the value of what that is. It's easier to transmit it, and your bigness, you know, when you plug into that, it, it takes you out of your shit into the mm-hmm. place that's clear and rooted and able to transmit your stuff. And, frankly, if that means you have to stop what you're doing and plug in every five minutes, then that's what you have to do. It it mm-hmm. really is that simple. Because the bigness is what's called you to your work, and the bigness is really the only place from which you can execute your work in the way that, that you want and in, in the way that it needs to be. So, yeah, I think step one is always plug into your bigness, always, always, always.
3: Okay. Yeah, 'cause I gotta I gotta start feeling awesome again. 'Cause my awesomeness sells me, which makes me paint, which gets my shit out there. And once the people meet me, they want something from me. So.
2: Yep, right on. Plug into your bigness. That's my prescription.
3: Awesome. Thanks, Rudy. Right on. Well, we're
0: getting down now to the last couple minutes. So uh, rather than take on any callers, so Beku. Uh, You call yourself a business awesomeizer, a suck exorcist, which I love, and a sonic alchemist. Could you just tell us what that means? So for people who are coming to your site, what does that mean if somebody asks you?
2: Yeah, so uh, basically, you know, I hate the word coach and I hate the word consultant, and I don't really feel like either one of those uh, accurately reflects what I do. So uh, business awesomeizer is just basically my own way of saying that, you know, I work with mostly creative entrepreneurial people to, um, to to get their stuff out in the world in a way that works. And for me, that way that works means feels good, reaches the right people, and makes a lot of money. You know, I mean, it, it's a pretty simple set of criteria. Um, suck suck, exorcist, you know, ultimately it goes back to this bigness thing. I help people get really clear about their superpowers behind what they do, how they plug into their bigness, and then all of a sudden all the suck and the shit that they just spend their time spending in kind of goes away. and um, the Sonic Alchemist is just a nod to my background, the shamanism and, and the, the role that sound plays and what I do and, you know, all of it, yeah.
0: Awesome. So, uh, Bree, do you have any other questions for Fabeku tonight?
1: Well, I do, actually. Um, I know y'all are shocked. Um I So we've talked about this phrase, plug into your bigness. And I think it would be awesome if we could get everybody who's on the phone, you know, one example, like concrete example of what that would look like. Because one of the things I love about you, Fabeku, is your your background in shamanism. You know, as a, as a ritualist, I'm like, yes, this is, you know, thank God, somebody who's combined business with shamanism, finally. I was waiting for it. And um and so and so you know, like what is give us a concrete example or, or two of, of what a technique might be that people can start practicing to help them do that. Because you know, like you have to get down into do your stuff but sometimes, you know, there there need like you just even have to open up the door to even go down there to start
2: with, you know? Right, right on. So, you know, so one of the things I talk about a lot is this idea of a superpower. And the really short definition of that is there's the thing that you do, right, the astrology, the tarot reading, the whatever it is. Yeah. But there's the bigger thing behind it that's actually uh, what you really do. So there's the thing and there's the thing behind the thing. And when I talk about a superpower, to me it's this, this deeper energy, this deeper mojo behind your work, right? So my superpowers are freedom and flow. And so I think part of it starts with trying to figure out what it is that you're really transmitting to the world beyond the what of what you do. So what what's the mojo behind your work, really? And the cool thing about that is once you get that, that's the bridge into your bigness because ultimately your superpower is not just what you do, but it's also who you are. And so once you understand what that is, um and you know even if you don't have it dialed in crystal clear it's totally fine but you know brainstorm things that make you feel like a superhero right and you can play with that through the senses like sight touch taste whatever it is so as a concrete example for me that's ultimately what my red shoe thing is about when i put on red shoes i feel like a fucking superhero it's as simple as that so putting on red shoes plugs me into my bigness and then at some point i realize that that you know when I was playing around with the sense thing that that my superpower it has the 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 taste of red hot, you know, those little red hot candies. So I always Yeah, cinnamon totally I see that. Yeah right. So I so I always have those everywhere and when I need to I just pop one in my mouth. And here's the thing, these these sound simple and they are simple. But what these are, these are bridges into your bigness. So when I say plug into your bigness, I mean find your version of red shoes and red hots in Ramones and Boas and all that. I mean, because that, that's what all of this stuff is for me. These are things that plug me in to my superpower, into that bigger, deeper place. And it's really important. The reason I'm focusing on things is because these need to be actionable. These need to be things yeah. that you know what to do with. You look at shoes, you know what to do. You put them the fuck on. That's what you do with shoes, right? So when, when you think about these things, brainstorm concrete things that you can use to plug into your bigness and and then do it. Like saturate yourself in these pieces because it really will they become these bridges that'll just plug you into that that deeper mojo that's it's pretty amazing. So if it sounds simple, it is and it should be.
1: I like that. Yeah.
0: I love that. Bree. That was a fabulous question and a great yeah, question thanks. to uh end this on tonight. So in closing, you know, um this has again been such an enlightening conversation. And Fabeku, I love everything that you've shared with our audience tonight. And also for staying up late with us. This has been like a little slumber party of Fabe- You're so awesome. Party. <laughs> so <laughs> Fabeku, where can people find you again if they want to work with you, which I think you would be great for helping metaphysical people kick it up a notch. Where can they find you?
2: Yeah, um, so you can find me at fabeku.com. Um, theoretically, I have a Twitter account. I'm never on Twitter, so don't bother. Um, I have a I have a, a personal Facebook page. I don't have a business page, but you're totally welcome to send me a friend request. I won't buy it, I promise. Excellent.
0: And your website is www.fabeku.com. Let me spell that again for you guys, F A B E. K-U-FaBeku.com FaBeku, thank you. This has been Beyond Trill and you are like just amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
3: Absolutely. Uh,
0: and Bree, um, we got to remind people that we have a show next month. Uh, you want to tell people what our show is going to be about next month?
1: Yes, I think that we are going to be rocking it on May 22nd and we have a very special guest. We have Cher Ross and our theme is Video Built the Metaphysical Star. We are going to be talking about the nuts and bolts of how video can transform you from nobody to superstar, which I am super excited about because I am just dipping my toe into video.
0: I, I, am so. I am too. I am two and I'm scared to death of it. But Cher's the person for it and for people who don't know Cher, she uh is the she's a uh, a rock star. She's the the bassist from Vixen and Vixen was one of those groups when I was young, uh female, you know, rock group, of course we idolize them, so this is gonna be great. So If you're uh, seeing
1: like a rock and roll punk rock kind of theme through our shows, that that's because there is one.
0: Well yeah, we will bring it I we got Febru tonight. We got Cher coming on. I mean this this is feel like we're we're getting a little bit uh we're getting a little bit rock. I need to get some rappers on here too. So we need <laughs> to start do. looking into that. So again, uh for Baker, thank you and for you, everyone for listening tonight. Uh whether you're live or listening to this recording later. Thank you guys. I hope this information really gives you guys the cosmic kick in the pants to get your businesses up to the next level. So that you can be really living your life and your business dream the way you want and deserve. Um, you can find me Teresa Reed at thetarolady.com. and Bree. Where can people find you?
1: I'm at MilagroRoots.com and let us know how y'all are plugging into your bigness. We want to know. I yeah. like ritual. Yeah. So tell me about it.
0: All right, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night, Night, guys. night, Night, baby.
3: night, night Bree. Thank you. For-